1: Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage,
2: tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners.
3: Tacova's will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at Tacova's.com.
2: Just use code REALFRIENDS. At checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S.
3: That's T E C O V A S dot com and point your toes west.
2: He's in that sweatshirt. Man, does he love that sweatshirt.
4: It looks very cozy. I don't blame him. I know.
2: And it's Disney. And I know you love Disney, but that dude rocks that sweatshirt almost every podcast, Joel. <laughs>
4: like at least three times a week, I imagine he goes to that sweater.
2: That is yeah. his go to. If people saw a video of this podcast, Joel, <laughs> they would see that we change our outfits. Yes. But Donald is almost always in a Mickey Mouse hoodie.
4: I'm going to call it his podcasting sweater from now on. Yeah. It has cute little ears on the top of it.
2: You know how Mr. Rogers changes into his outfit of each show? Mm-hmm. Donald grabs his Mickey Mouse hoodie. <laughs> with the hood. And for the audience who's listening, the hoodie has little ears on, on it. It's
4: so adorable.
2: It's very cute. It's
4: a beautiful day in the neighborhood.
2: Yeah. I wonder if he sings that as he puts on his <laughs> M- Mickey Mouse hoodie before each show.
4: It changes from his loafers to his inside shoes.
2: Yeah, he puts he takes off his... Jordan fours and puts on some Uggs.
3: (laughs) Oh my God! What are the things we are allowed to talk about now?
2: I don't even know what to. There's so much. Are you recording? Yeah, I got so much to say to you. I don't even know where to begin. Yo, dude, like, what are we allowed to talk about? Um, you can talk about. Well, you as a just a SAG member can't really talk about Jack shit. I as a writers guild member can talk about how good the movie a good person is and everyone should check it out if they yes. haven't gone to see it yes. <laughs> yes. as you rules.
1: should as you should i've
2: been meaning to tell people forever i i couldn't it's on airplanes it's on it's everywhere now and please check it out if you happen to miss a good person i have my lips have been duct taped as a good <laughs> member of my guild Right. But as the writer-director, I am now allowed to tell you to please check out a good person. You can rent it everywhere. It's really good. If you want a good cry on an airplane, which is the best place to cry to a movie, I yeah. highly recommend it. Well, it's the Sorry, best- Donald. You're not allowed. Well, you can comment on the writing of it, Donald, I think. Right. I,
3: I, can, say, I can say that it is well written. <laughs> Thank you, And sir. well directed.
2: Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I miss you.
3: I miss you too. I wish I could talk about some You got a cold? You got a little
2: scrappiness.
3: Yeah, you know what? This weekend, I coached my son to a oh. championship at Grassroots 365 uh, at know. Grassroots 365 championship in Anaheim. And I yelled a lot. They won. Yeah, I did a lot of yelling. <laughs> but they
2: won, and you were so stoked, and it was your dream come true. They won.
3: He had a good championship game. Which is great because the week started off a little Mm -hmm. Mm iffity-dippity, you know, for him. And he played through it. And it was hard to coach him as a dad and get him to play through it. Because, you Mm -hmm. know, I want to be sensitive to it, but I also got to play coach as well. Mm -hmm. But you want to be too
2: hard on him. Because my dad was a little too hard on my sister in swimming. And she eventually was like, fuck this. I'm out.
3: Well, the great thing is that he loves it. Yeah, and so that's good. when I push him, it motivates him.
4: What were your stats, Donald?
3: His stats weren't great this weekend. So here's the thing. He's been having really good basketball tournaments at this spot where we go because he goes there a lot. He plays on the, as of right now, they're the number one team in the West Coast region. And they're ranked like eight or something like that okay. in the nation as far as his age group goes. And they're wow. the Inglewood Guard Dogs, right? But they didn't play this weekend. He played with his Sports Academy team, which is another team that's really good. It's an 11-U team, and he's playing up with that one. And they went down there, and they won the gold chip. But his stats were just all right. And he thought he was going to go down there and do like, you know, because it was his home turf. He thought he was going to go down there and shake and bake and everything like that. (laughs) But it's a team game, and he couldn't do that. And so... You know, well, it was just, it was a rough weekend for him, but he still, well, he, won. Out, though. You he turned way. up in the finals and I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him and I'm proud of the boys.
2: I hope I, if I have a kid, there is into the thing I'm into as your son is with yours.
3: Well, that'd be really awesome if you had a kid who was in the musical theater.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. If I had a kid that loved going to musicals and he was like, dad, like, we got to see, dad, yeah. hey, we got to go see Merrily We Roll Along on Broadway. It's fucking amazing. It's got, <laughs> right. you know, it's, you know, Jonathan Groff's in it. We got to go. I'd be like, I love you, son. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, it's a Sondheim play, and the story actually goes backwards in time. Shut up, son. <laughs> I really can't talk about anything else? You can't, as a SAG member, um, talk about, uh, promote any, anything that you're enjoying watching, no? No! Sorry. It'll be over soon, I think. Everyone seems to think it's going to it's gonna end soon. I had the over on all of this. That's a sports betting term, everyone.
0: Yeah,
3: I really very thought... Good. Very thank good. Thank you. Thank very you.
2: Good. I Googled it. I <laughs> thought this was going to go to the new year, and I'm so happy that uh, the Guild got everything they wanted and that they have a deal, and I think SAG is going to um, follow soon and donald i will really plug, hope so it would be donald nice to be able to plug all his star wars shows
3: it would go you could talk about it aren't you allowed to talk about it
2: I, I i'm sure you want to talk about ashoka but i don't watch it and i don't know anything about what'd it, you call so it what is it ashoka
3: Blasphemy! for me i can't say what,
2: oh but you can say the title what's it called <laughs>
3: it's
2: called ahsoka. ahsoka i'm sorry i don't watch ahsoka by the way i gotta say something do you you don't watch black mirror right you don't watch anything i send you do you so frustrating I watch shit. I only watch Donald.
3: Listen, man. Listen, if
2: I, (laughs) what frustrates me so much amongst the many things of you being my best friend (laughs) is that when there's things I know that you will love, like, oh my God, this is so Donald. He will love this. Like The Boys, the show, for example.
3: Dude, you're so geeked right now. Hold on. Cut the bullshit. Because this is where we're going with it. Did you watch the Black Mirror thing? No. Did you watch The Boys thing? No, the Gen V thing. The one where they plugged me? Yeah, motherfucker. (laughs) I know where this is going. I know where this is going. (laughs) Joel, did you see it?
4: Uh, no, it's my on my next to watch list. I'm so excited. I've heard nothing but great things. You can't
3: say it's on your next to watch list, Joel.
4: I'm not a member.
3: She's of She's not a member
2: of, of SAG.
3: Oh my god, you guys are killing me right. So now. you guys, you gotta watch. If you love the
2: boys, you gotta watch Genji. It's really good. It's kind of like X Men ish to the boys. Like it's about like the young kids that are training to be the new superheroes. Yeah, so anyway, I'm watching this show, Gen V, and they, like, give me this shout-out. This girl's like, yeah, I got a part in a new show. It's a Marvel—it's basically like a Marvel—it's like a—what's that show about the sitcoms, the Marvel show? WandaVision. Yeah, it's like a shout-out to WandaVision kind of show. And she's like, yeah, Zach Braff is directing. We're friends. And I'm just sitting here like, wait, what? What
4: did
3: (laughs) she— It was the weirdest thing. Very surreal. That is nuts. That feels good, though.
2: But anyway, the show is very good. Maybe you should be directing some boys. I not I mean, Listen, if anyone from the boys is listening, I love the show. I love Gen V. Please think of me. I love it. It's so well written. Their directing I, slate might even
3: be full this year or close to full this year.
2: I imagine they're done or, or they, they got to be done. It's a new season. But anyway, it's so good. Check out the boys. The other thing I watched, so I was going to say about the Black Mirror thing. Donald, there's this episode, right? It's Anthony Mackie. Do what you Did you see this one with the guys who who are going to the VR um, street fighting game and start hooking up? No. Oh my um. god. The guy actor from Moonlight, who's genius, and uh, and Anthony Mackie, right? Donald, they're best friends, right? And one's a bat. It's like you and me. That's why he's going to make you laugh because like they're like best friends. One's married and has kids, uh. and he's and he's because life is a little bit like he's a bit bored in his life. The other's a bachelor still, but he's sort of dissatisfied in his life. And it's, like, in the future, right? So they they get, like, this Street Fighter game. Remember, like, the, like, Tekken, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a VR. So when you play, you are the person. And you feel the punches, right? And one, one decides to be, like, this ripped Asian guy, right? And one decides to be, like, super hot Asian chick. Like, she's so beautiful, right? And they go, let's play, dude. This is the newest thing. Like, we used to, like, when we were college, we got to play, but it's full-on VR. You feel the punches. You feel every sensation, right? They go into the world of the VR game, right? And they start, like, fighting and like this is so crazy and you see them when they're in their vr state they're like like the matrix they're like shifting because they can feel the punches and everything and then they just look at each other and they just start hooking up they start making out because they're both so hot right like one's like this 10 they're both 10 out of 10 looks you know sexy yes he's incredible and they just start like hooking up because they're both so attracted to the avatar that's amazing. But they're oh feeling the feelings in their on their couches oh in their houses. Oh my God! So so, who's the bottom? So then they start realizing, like, oh my God, is this cheating? And the guy who's married is like, I can't do this to my wife. The actress, oh my God, she was so good. I got to give her a shout out. She's incredible. I never saw this this woman before. But um, oh, Joel, will you just look up? who? Look it up is who,
3: definitely cheating if you're having sex in VR with someone. If it's cheating if you're texting someone, it's definitely cheating if you are having sex in vr but dude
2: they feel all the feelings and the dude's like finally he's like this is fucked up i gotta i can't do this to my wife and he's, they're like bros and then finally they they meet up sorry these are spoilers i guess but they meet up because they're like dude we gotta see if we're gay or not because I, <laughs> I, I i i need to know so like they're like we should probably kiss and see if it's like real life or it's just vr world <laughs> and so they so they kiss and there's like not anything he's like no he's like you no he's like fuck it's just in the <laughs> VR world that they, because it's for the characters, right? But then he's like, what does it feel like? Because one of them's a guy, and he's like, what does it feel like when I'm, like, basically when I'm fucking you? And he's like, dude, it's, like, so much more intense than being a man. Being a man and having an orgasm is like a guitar solo. Having, a, as a woman, is like an orchestra. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is amazing. For this cast, it's incredible. Good. So we already mentioned Anthony Mackie and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Nicole Bahari, who is yes. incredible. Palm Clementev plays Rox... Roxette, who I think is the woman. In the no, no, game. the woman
2: I'm talking about is the is the African American wife. She. Oh, is, Nicole Bihari.
4: Oh, yes. she is fantastic. I love her. you know who her. she is,
2: Donald? No. She she's a wonderful actress. Who, I had not seen who her was before. She in? What else has she been in, Jewel? Uh,
4: one second. Nicole she has been her. in. What would you know her from? Shame. She was in the last fall. She was in. Did you see Miss Juneteenth? That she's so great in that. That was like. A Donald's not going to know she is late. unless
2: she was in Marvel or Star Wars. So this. She is was the
4: lead in Sleepy Hollow.
2: Oh. anyway she's a wonderful him. actress and she she did such a good job in this and anthony mackey's always good and what's the other uh, he Jones plays in?
3: falcon from falcon and the wonder soldier yeah. i know there who you go
2: donald knows he is about. there we go yeah, yeah. Who yeah. this um, guy I mean, is, who is because sense. he was in um um what's that show donald didn't say it but the watcher what's it called john joel the watchers or um watchman uh, watchman watchman, watchman. Yes, he was in that yeah. right
4: he's a blue guy yeah
2: yeah he played
3: he played
4: uh
2: yeah you saw his blue penis
4: professor manhattan
3: yeah, Dr. Manhattan.
4: Back He's
2: Manhattan. a really wonderful actor.
3: Was it, was his penis bigger than the white guy's penis. Well, they don't oh show,
2: in, the, in Black Mirror, they don't show penis. But it was no, so- No, in,
3: in, in Dr. Manhattan, if you saw his penis. In um, <laughs> well, we, we do
2: see his penis, don't we? And I remember, I don't remember its size, but I remember that it was blue.
3: Because in He's got, the movie, like... <laughs> he had a pretty big penis too, man. They both, like- He's walking around. And then they, you know what they did in the movie? I can't Boy. talk about it, can I? No, you can't. You really
2: I'm sorry. can't. I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. You're a sag. But Fran Drescher will knock on your door.
3: I don't mind that. I love her. <laughs> Fran, <laughs> come Fran. kick it. We can totally kick it, Fran.
2: Somewhere, come have Fran. Tea. Let's Fran drink. sees like, you know, like the bat signal. Fran sees like that sag comedy and tragedy signal. And she's like, I got to go to Donald's house.
3: If that's what um, it takes to get her over here.
2: All right, listen, we've been trying to do fun things, uh, smart things, educational things. We hoped you liked our vagina episode. Joelle, was it well-received, our vagina it, episode?
4: We got a lot of funny comments uh, on the social medias about how much people are loving the vagina specialist.
2: Uh, I thought that was a really good episode. We should and have the vagina
3: specialist and the penis specialist on at the same time. Yes, and then and imagine they talk. fall in
2: love and they start dating. That would oh be so God.
3: dope if they could just fuck. And He's like, he's like
2: fuck. I love the way you talk about... Pussy, and she's like, I love like, the way I you talk, about, talk dick. about dick. I love like, well, <laughs> you? I'm like, where do you live? <laughs> what do
3: you mean doctors don't talk that way. <laughs> Joelle, Joelle, you think when doctors get off of work, they're like, your erect organ? You yeah. think they talk in a freaking doctor terms? <laughs> yeah. They know
2: how to talk dirtier than anyone, Joelle. They're like, I want to see now. your Libia menorah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not talking like that. Do you that. think when doctors talk dirty, they're like, they use the specifics? Hell like, no. Come on, oh, Please, girl. God, no. Please. Like the nicest menorah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dr.
4: She's like, you mean us. my
2: Hanukkah my candelabra? Hanukkah <laughs> no, girl, your labia menorah. Oh <laughs> <God>. That's that's
3: <laughs> for all you young Jewish men out there. You want a good pickup line? Uncle Zach just gave it to you.
2: <laughs> I saw the funniest pickup line on uh, on an Instagram. Just real. This guy goes. I mean, you have to be so cheesy to do this, but it was funny. He goes, the guy. He goes, the guy over there thinks you're cute. And then he ran over there and, like, leaned on the counter and smiled Stop back it. at her.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you liked it, Joelle. You rolled your eyes. Joelle,
4: you, you would laugh if Joelle. somebody
2: did that to you. Joelle, Joelle, it's hard, it's like, hard you be like,
4: to oh. ignore a dad joke. A dad joke is, can be pretty cute No,
2: sometimes. but, like, it was so cheesy but funny. Like, the guy who did it made it funny. It was good.
3: That's how you at least get a drink. That's how you at least, somebody. Like, she's
2: going to laugh just because it's so stupid.
4: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta get that, and it makes you seem harmless, right? Pretty like that guy is probably chill.
2: Yeah. All right. Listen, guys. Uh, today we talked about vaginas. Last week we're gonna talk about alcohol today because this guy Andy Ramage, I heard on a podcast, and he is so smart and speaks so interestingly about alcohol, and uh, and we are fake doctors, and we thought we should uh, have uh, an interesting episode since we can no longer talk about scrubs mm-hmm. for now. About alcohol. So is he here, Joel? Yeah. All right, Donald, count us in. Five, six, seven, eight.
5: About a show we made, about a bunch of docs and nurses.
3: And gentlemen, give it up for Andy
2: That's your thunderous applause, Andy.
6: That is a cool <laughs> intro. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> oh, look, Andy's got all the professional gear and everything too. Well, He's you're gonna really get a great it. recording out of him. I'm
4: so excited. They Andy, welcome to race. the podcast.
2: That's my co-host Donald Faison. Right on. Welcome. I want to just give the audience a little context. I, uh, you guys know, I've spoken about Rich Roll on the podcast. I think he is just such an incredible man, has a wonderful podcast. And I'm lucky enough to um, be friendly with him. And I've been playing with my own relationship to alcohol. I've been trying, um, drinking less and going on like two month breaks and three month breaks and just seeing how my body felt and how my mind felt. And when I told Rich this, uh, he said, oh my gosh, have you ever heard my um, podcast with Andy? You should hear it. And he sent it to me. And it really was life changing. I'm not blowing it up too big to say that to you, Andy. I really thought the way you spoke about alcohol and the way you talked about this sort of middle lane for people who are just curious about alcohol, people who are casual drinkers, people who maybe get drunk a few times a, a month or or, or whatever, not necessarily, pe- not necessarily speaking to people who would ne- need a program like AA or something other than that. But that sort of middle lane of people who are kind of curious, what would my life be like without alcohol? And you just spoke so eloquently about it. Um, And I'm I'm just, I I feel shy around you because you're so smart. And I wanted to have you on to to share your knowledge with our audience.
6: Thank you for such a wonderful intro. I'm super excited (laughs) to be here to share this message of alcohol-freeness with the world. That's what it's all about.
2: Yeah. Now, when I first found you, you were a part of something called One Year No Beer. Um, I believe you have a different project now, but can you talk a little bit about, about you know, how you got into this and and how how your life changed um, from experimenting with no alcohol?
6: Yeah. So originally I was a professional soccer player, I guess you'd call it over there in my early twenties. And then I got injured, traveled the world, ended up in the world of rokin' the guys in the bright jackets that scream and shout at one another Fast paced electric, high octane, high stress, awash with alcohol. That's how we entertained. That's what we did. Fast forward 10 years, I'd reached a certain level of success, I guess, materially. And in my mind, I should have been blissfully happy, only I wasn't. I was three stone, 42 pounds heavier than I am now. I would just discovered I had early onset heart disease. I was starting to suffer from morning after anxiety. There was a bit of a dark cloud over my life. I didn't have the oomph to get up and go that I used to have. I actually thought in this weird space, it must be middle age. And then like lots of people, I started to experiment with different ideas and concepts. I started to try and run a bit more, only I was really inconsistent. I tried to, to eat a bit better, yet I was inconsistent in my nutrition. I tried ice baths and meditation. I was too anxious to meditate. The last thing which I think is so true of so many people that I ever questioned was alcohol because it was a given, right? That's what you did as a broker and as an adult we all drink. But I had this nagging feeling that maybe if I took a break, things might start to change. And I did. And it transformed my life. And I was a middle lane drinker. And I think that's really important to get that across to your listeners. So a middle lane drinker being someone that would drink averagely, someone that would drink heavily, someone that would drink not at all and moderately, which is probably about 70% of the adult population of the Western world. So there was no problem. There was no rock bottom. Was I drinking too much? Absolutely who isn't? So I removed it and got these amazing results. I lost that weight. That 42 pounds came off me. My resting heart rate went from 68 down to 42. I paused early onset heart disease. My business, my broken business, and everyone said it would foul because you can't be a broker and not drink, grew seven times bigger in half the time it was such a beautiful experience. I just wanted to share it. I didn't know how to share it. I wrote a little ebook, put the ebook into the world. It got picked up by one of the world's biggest publishers, Pam McMillan. So I wrote another book called the 28 day alcohol free challenge, which started the one, you know, beer movement, which collectively with all the other initiatives that I've got involved in have inspired hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to take a proactive break. And it's been that message I've been banging on
1: yeah, That's
3: a ten well, years. you
2: do it so well. well
3: yeah, you—you you, first of all, as someone who still drinks alcohol and delves into his vices, you look amazing. First yeah. of all,
2: we should tell the audience that uh, he's ripped and handsome. Right?
3: <laughs> you said that you were a rugby player or uh, football uh, soccer player, player. soccer oh, player, man. football player. When you stopped drinking alcohol, did that make it so that you went to the gym and that your diet changed because of that? because you know there are people that say you know you know how I lost weight I just stopped drinking and that's all they did and I find that hard to believe because when I didn't drink I didn't just lose weight I had to go to the gym and stuff like that can you speak on how your physique and fitness came back to you because I've seen pictures of you when you were uh, yeah. at the height of your middle ground drinking
6: so true And you're right. Well, some of the research, which is really interesting, says that for middle lane drinkers who take a 28-day break from alcohol, they on average lose about three kilograms, which is really interesting. But for me, you're right. The reason that the weight fell off wasn't just stopping drinking. It was actually then that I got consistent in the way that I was exercising. Because if we think about it, what is the number one thing that gets in the way of our consistency of exercise? I would say for most people, it's a hangover. Mm -hmm. or those few drinks at the weekend, that means they can't quite be bothered to go to the gym on a Mm -hmm. Monday or a Tuesday. What's the number one thing that destroys our nutrition is invariably that stodge food that we crave after those couple of drinks. Again, this is middle lane drinking. So when you remove that, suddenly my nutrition was much better. My exercise was more consistent. Plus I removed all those calories from alcohol. And you're right, the combination of those few things, the weight fell off on me. I got into, you know, the best shape of my life mainly because the catalyst was alcohol but then it was the combination of all those other things
2: yeah and how old are you
6: 49 tomorrow
2: Forty, happy, happy birthday. birthday same age same happy same. birthday same age as Donald Faison um oh, wow. I um I think also too when you do it as I, I've been just experimenting with um not drinking for a while now and you feel you automatically feel like proud of that, the quote unquote health kick that you're on. So I think another answer to Donald's question is it goes, oh, well, I don't, I do want to do that. I do want to get on the bike. Uh, I do want to um, go to that yoga class because I'm enjoying this health kick. And there is no, there is no headache when you wake up. So you're more likely to go do the thing because you're not like the cloud and the fog of whether it's two drinks or too many drinks from the night before just isn't a part of your life.
6: But just saying it's so true. I think that's what happens to most people. They get on this lovely role of health because the foundation for me is remove alcohol tactically for a period of time doesn't have to be a forever thing. But I think in that space, as you say, people feel better, they look better, which compounds in motivation to keep doing the things that they're getting results from, such as exercise and better nutrition.
3: I've seen Zach on two sides. I've seen Zach on the side where it was like, oh boy, you are gone and now I see him where he's he's always been kind of the life of the party but he holds court and is very clear and there's no there's no inebriation to it as a as a friend it's it's something to admire. And then when I when he meets people and then they try to push things on him as his friend I find myself step trying to step in the way like yo <laughs> leave him alone. He's sober and this is, and and it's really, really working for him. You know what I mean? I need to get on this kick
2: too. What is this 28 day challenge? Well, we're going to get to all that. But I, I just want to say like, I actually, for me, the hardest part of experimenting with with sobriety is um, th- the only challenging part for me personally. And obviously everyone listening, you have a different story. I'm never speaking for you. I'm only speaking for myself is when I sit down to dinner and everyone orders a drink, it's that first drink at a dinner party uh, a restaurant where everyone's like, "Ooh, I'll have this. Ooh, I'll have that. Ooh, I'll have that." That I feel like, "Ooh, that would be nice. A, a, a wine buzz right now at the end of this day would be great." But to sit like five minutes later, when their drinks arrive and they start, that that has passed for me. I'm now present. I'm. I enjoy when people get buzzed. Not, that not doesn't bother me at all. I'm, whereas I would have started getting buzzed and not as present, I'm now way more present in the conversation and listening to people and contributing. And as someone who likes to make people laugh quicker witted and all of the things that I was trying to be by getting drunk, I'm I'm actually truly more of sober.
6: Yeah, this is so powerful. And, and I discovered that myself. It took me years to figure it out. I would drink to overcome that initial social anxiety, that uncomfortable feeling when people get together. In a group recently, we had a a big boat party on the Thames called the No Booze Cruise. 250 people got together on a boat, no alcohol. And the first 15 minutes, there was that natural sense of uncomfortableness, getting to know new people. And then it went away. And then it dawned on me that for all of those years, and how many people are in this bracket drink to overcome that social anxiety? When actually, if they just sat with it for 15 minutes, like you described, It it goes. And then you're sharp. You've got the banter. You can be that life and soul. And then you feel incredible. You can drive home.
2: Yeah. And, and, you, and you wake up at seven in the morning and you're like,
6: yes,
3: Yay. I feel
2: fucking awesome.
3: <laughs> How long does it take really
2: for alcohol to set in too? like about
3: 15 minutes, right? Where you're like, exactly. oh shit, I'm drunk, right? And if you didn't drink and you just let the party come to you, you'd still be in the same state. You
2: just wouldn't be inebriated. What, what I find is that, and I, this is funny, you just reminded me, and this is a random, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but when we did the Garden State, uh, the scene in the Garden State uh, where, they, where there's an ecstasy party scene, and it was the second day of filming, and I, I was so nervous. I was a young director. I was like, how am I going to get 30 people to act like they're on drugs and drunk and exing? And I was, had all these plans, like, oh, anyway, let them drink. What am I going to do? I go, no, that'll be a mess. And we just started acting it and being it. And within within fifteen minutes, everyone felt the feelings. If you had twenty five people pretending to be on ecstasy and drunk, and on their they just manifesting it. And I feel like that's a bizarre way of putting it, but also it, it, that's true when you're when you're sober in a party setting. If you just manifest, like I am present, I am interested, I am silly, it just naturally happens.
6: Yeah, and there's the placebo now. I think of the alcohol free drinks that didn't exist. You know, when I got into this ten years ago. That wasn't an option. There wasn't right. none available, really. So you had to stand there with, you know, a fizzy a drink. Coca-Cola. Yeah, and it was so obvious. It's like a beacon to say, I'm not drinking. Pick on me. Pressurize <laughs> me to drink. Whereas now, <laughs> everywhere.
2: What are you,
3: not drinking, Bandy?
6: What's going no. on with you, bud? Let's take a
2: break. We'll be right back after these fine words.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other even before you do, every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to
3: know what's important to you and make it your priority.
2: Therapy personally for me has helped me a lot. Focus on my goals. And you've heard me talk on the podcast of the whole idea of whiteboarding and manifesting and, and really getting clear with myself what i want to accomplish in my life and where i want to set my sights.
3: If you're thinking of starting therapy,
2: give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
3: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch
2: therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelpcom friends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash real friends.
5: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: Well, Andy, I want to talk about that. I want to go into that because another thing I loved about what you said is, and we're going to get into the challenge and stuff, but one of the things that I loved what you said is that you love using the challenge for the societal pressures because you can say to people, oh, I'm doing this challenge. And especially men, it's such a man uh, a masculine thing that just shifts people. They're like, oh, what's the challenge? What are you doing? And so it sort of takes the peer pressure out of it because people are curious of this challenge that you're on. Can you speak to, to that a bit?
6: Yeah, and that was really important to me because as Donald just mentioned there, the social pressure, especially 10 years ago, to drink was immense, especially if you've been that guy. And I was that guy. You know, if you were going to come out with me, I was going to entertain you and it was going to involve alcohol. It's how I met my friends, met my wife, It was just quite ubiquitous in the way that i would socialize if you try and switch that off it's really difficult because you meet the same friends or you meet your clients and they're like well hold on a minute almost as if that's a slight on them so you don't want to drink around me and of course my rubber arm would be twisted then really quickly you know and i'd be called boring and all those things that would often trip me up so i couldn't get started so i had to come up with a bit of a plan so for me making it a challenge and telling people that I was on a challenge bought me some time because I think in their mindset, they were a bit like, oh, I'm going to get my buddy back in 28 days or 90 days. So I'll let you away with it. But secretly, I knew if I could get on a roll with this, which I did, I might never go back. And here I am pretty much 10 years later. Right. But didn't you say
2: also that like, I I thought you said this, that the sort of friends and men react differently to the concept of a challenge.
6: Oh, completely. Because I think we're used to that, aren't we? From triathlons to Iron mm-hmm. men and marathons. It's a bit like, rah, challenge. So they have <laughs> got that. Oh, we can do a challenge. Yeah, I get that. I'll let you do that as a friend. But as long as you're going to yeah. come back, right, and drink with me at the end of the challenge, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sure, you know. sure, sure, <laughs> sure.
3: And, you're like, must... and then after the 28 days, you're like, you know what, dude? I got to be honest with you, bro. Yeah. I don't want to go back, bro. <laughs> I don't want to go back, man. Like, yeah. I just feel good about myself right now. And- Let's uh, let's let's just. We've been kicking it anyway. Let's just be yeah. us.
2: You know, one of the things I, I I've been fascinated with, and and I know this is obvious to everyone listening, but I'm really been aware of it as I as I play with sobriety. That, gosh, and I, and I said this to Andy in, in an email. We are sold from the from the our entire lives that this is how you have fun, in, from high school to college to socializing as an adult whether it's advertising, whether it's just our culture, whether it's our friends, it's our parents, it's our big brothers and sisters, the way that you have fun and the way that you date and hook up and be sexy and be free is alcohol. That, 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 was, like, that, even, that was never questioned in my life. That was the, the rules of the culture. And I imagine it's more intense in England, but I mean, in America, that's what we grew up with.
6: I think it's the same. I mean, here's a great example. I've got a 17-year-old daughter who will soon be 18, and the drink limit or age of drinking in the UK is 18, try and buy a birthday card for an 18-year-old that doesn't have a picture of alcohol on it.
1: It's really? almost
6: impossible. It's almost impossible to buy a birthday card for an <laughs> 18-year-old wow. that is not celebrating the fact that they can now drink alcohol. It's ubiquitous. We've got you know, big alcohol pouring trillions into marketing, lobbying Our governments, we're sold a story from a very young age that alcohol is fun. It's cool. It's it's sexy. And marketing works. That's why we spend so much money on it. But where I come along is to try and wake people up a little bit and just say, is it really? Is it really that fun for you? And I think a lot of people will flippantly say, of course it's fun and it's boring to not drink. And then I'll ask questions such as, well, have you ever not had fun whilst drinking? And I would probably argue that most people, some of the worst nights of their life have involved. Alcohol. Some of the Mm. things that they're shameful for and regretful about have involved alcohol. Many nights are very average, if not a bit shite Mm. after a few drinks. It spoils many great nights. And of course, there's the odd one that's a great night, but that can't be the alcohol, can it? Because if it was true, it was alcohol, then every night would be a great night. So I think it's when you start to bring a bit of awareness to it, you realize, actually, I've just been sold this dream that I keep playing. Mm. And actually, I don't think it's true for most people when they really pick it apart.
2: Yeah. That's so well said. It's a habit. It's a habit that we were just we're we're just so used to, and it's ingrained in the system. Like the idea of <clears throat> the idea of going. I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, yeah, I might try that. I could try a month, but like, oh my god, going on a date? Like, how would I? How would I even do that? Like, that's how ingrained it is into our culture. That like, wait, you want me to go on a first date and not drink? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about?
6: Uh, that's almost weird. It would be like that. that uh, I remember this is genuinely true. One of my biggest fears about stopping drinking my biggest concerns was this how the hell was I going to dance at a wedding Mm. I was like that's impossible (laughs) a middle-aged ginger man I'm not even sure if that's legal (laughs) (laughs)
0: like to be doing
3: (laughs) a wedding
6: a sober middle-aged ginger man dancing what's that and of course I did it and it, it wasn't pretty, trust me. But, yeah. Yeah, but
2: like these.
3: But if, if you were on alcohol, it would have been uglier. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, Exactly,
6: <laughs> very true.
2: Andy, talk about um, one thing you said on Rich's podcast that I really responded to was this idea of even if you're a, a casual drinker, you're having a, a, a few drinks two or three times a week, you may not feel the the hangover, the effects of it, but you are always having some alcohol in your system and under some fog of alcohol. Just talk about that because I love the way you put it on Rich's podcast. You were you were saying that most people don't know this. They think when the nausea's over or a hangover's over, or even if they just had two glasses of wine at dinner, that like it's all good. But actually, you're if you're if you're doing that at minimum two nights a week, that alcohol is always in in your system, and and your brain is still under some fog of that.
6: Yeah, and it's so true. That was my personal reflection. I suddenly realized, even though I was in that middle lane and I was maybe out with clients during the week and then i'd have a few more at the weekend and i started to really think about the knock-on consequences and effect in terms of my psychology and physiology i realized that i was never ever out of its clutches in many ways and then i started to broaden that and realized that probably 100 percent of the time i was underperforming in my job as a parent as a partner because i was constantly a little bit tired a little bit jaded we know for all the research that it takes days depending on how much you've drunk to flush through your system we know instantly that even those one or two drinks is going to destroy the quality of your sleep and if you look at the research behind poor sleep and then performance and mental health it's incredible so alcohol's doing that to you it destroys the quality of your sleep you've obviously got this process where you're trying to maintain equilibrium your balance is trying to your brain's trying to get back to balance. So when you start to think about it, you realize that even those couple of drinks in the week have got that slight knock-on effect for two or three days. But then if you drink again at the weekend and there's another two or three days, you're never escaping that trap. Therefore, I believe alcohol's like kryptonite to your dreams, kryptonite to your performance. I think most people in the Western world are underperforming in everything across the board and they don't even realize it because of that middle lane drinking. Yeah, Isn't it actually poison? But yeah, it's it's a carcinogenic. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's the same as asbestos, same as radiation, the same as tobacco. It's a number one carcinogen when it breaks down into the body as a product called acetaldehyde. No,
2: it, it's nuts. And also, it's just it's just so frustrating that it's 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 just so part of the culture and accepted. It's just, I, and I didn't really have this epiphany about it until I, until I tried not drinking it, and then I was like, wow, it's just funny when you zoom out. This is just something we do as a society. This is, this is so promoted. I know you said big alcohols behind it. I'd love to hear you talk more about that. We know that just from growing up on advertising. I literally, I was a teenager. And if you remember, this is how brilliant the marketing was. Absolute Vodka had this amazing campaign for years and years and years where they would work the bottle into different forms of art. And it was in all the magazines. I collected them all, well, not all yeah. because they're resilience, but I collected them and I would put them on a wall in, uh, in uh, outside my bedroom. And my parents, you know, they 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 were fine with it. It was like, oh, he's collecting cool art. I had like a wall of vodka ads on my wall because it, I was so successfully marketed to as a teenager that I was like, I didn't even know it. I was like, oh, this is just pretty art. It's so cool what they do with how they work the bottle into each even advertisement. I was I had a collage of booze art on my wall. You know what would have been
3: really awesome if that's what your drink of choice is. <laughs> yeah, today. That's well, it was.
2: Vod- vodka was I mean, really I mean, oh i would drink vodka ginger beer was what we call that? Moscow mule that was my go-to drink yeah but oh, it wow. got you good and i don't even like vodka the taste of vodka i don't you know when you think about drinks what are we doing for the most part i mean i know i'm not speaking for everyone but for myself you're disguising the taste of the booze right you're trying to give a delivery system to the booze so it can get into your bloodstream with a taste so you mix it with something, right? For me, I like the taste of ginger beer. So I would mix the alcohol with ginger beer to hide how much I didn't like the taste of vodka. Yeah.
6: And I think that's the story for so many people, isn't it? It's masked. How do I get the delivery
2: system into my blood? I have to put orange juice with it. I have to put cranberry juice with it. I have to put, you know whatever you know make it make it a margarita don't give me tequila are you crazy make it a margarita that tastes with all that shit in it right
3: you want me to drink that shit straight right the fuck i look like it's fucking turpentine <laughs> yeah.
2: you want me to drink that all right well put some sugar on the fucking rim
6: yeah and then we bite to it and then it you know even our first you know drink of alcohol is awful isn't it it tastes horrible no one enjoys that but we train ourselves and we oh push yeah ourselves through it be like grown ups and I adults. remember as a
2: teenager being like, "Don't worry, one day this beer will taste good. Yes. One day <laughs> you're, you're gonna get past this hump." <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, I remember. I remember thinking like that too. Like this will all one day be
2: <laughs> yeah, over just, with, and just you're just going your love the taste. Just right. hold your nose, bro, because one day, I'm, everyone yeah. says you get you get you start to like the taste. Just hold right. your nose. One day you're
3: gonna <laughs> crave this. One yeah. day you're gonna quench. This will quench your thirst. One day. I remember <laughs> thinking that shit. Drinking 40s of old E with my friends, like this shit tastes nasty. We used to take (laughs) grape soda and put grape soda in (laughs) old English to hide the taste. taste, Uh, To make that shit taste good, yo. I remember Uh, that shit. Old uh, English 800.
2: We're gonna take a break. I'm sure a lot of people are asking, uh, have questions, and I, I have some of them. One is, okay, Andy, I'm interested. How do I even try this? Help me. And I have another couple questions too. So we'll be right back after these fine words.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's
3: go.
0: Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grace Ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th.
2: all right so andy i'm sure there's people listening who are thinking a couple things i if i was listening i would think okay i'm intrigued i don't let's just pick a person type a person type a says i don't want to be necessarily sober forever i'd like to have an occasional drink i enjoy having a glass of wine here and there but i am curious about your your challenge and taking a break and seeing how i feel how the hell do i do that andy what is your advice
6: first and foremost, if you look at the calendar, and that's what most people do, they're like, I can't do it. I've got the wedding, I've got the birthday, I've got the leaving due, this is impossible. <laughs> there's there's nowhere, there's no space for me to do this. So first and foremost, I think just start, begin, as long as it's safe to do so. I, You're a middle lane drinker. And there's a little caveat there that has to come in, that this again exposes alcohol at its worst. If someone is drinking too much you can become physically dependent on alcohol therefore to stop it too abruptly can be lethal right we should just
2: clarify we should clarify for safety here two things one if you you probably know if you're not what andy's talking about and you need a program and you need aa or the like um and that's not really obviously uh listen to this message as well. But Andy's really speaking more to the casual drinker who, but by the way, this, this must, this must enlighten a lot of people because if you can't do it, that's also enlightening, isn't it?
6: Exactly. It's almost an early warning system for many people. Mm. This is, but we're talking to the middle lane, the average drinker, the moderate drinker, the sometimes not at all drinker, the sometimes heavy drinker is the middle lane. And I think the best thing to do is start, start now. What, What are you waiting for? Why would you wait for an opportunity to be fitter, faster, healthier, to get your time back, your energy back, for your skin to glow, to get your motivation back, to discover what it's like to be 100% again? Imagine that, you know, that's my message. Is What are we waiting for? So get started to, to, to today. And equally, if you've got those big things in your diary, which you've always got in there between the birthdays, between the Christmases, between the holiday seasons or the holidays, they are very often the best time to start because when you come out the other side of the wedding and you've danced sober and you've ticked that box or you've had that big weekend with your friends and actually you realize you were way sharper, you had a better time, you felt amazing the next day and you look incredible the next day and people are starting to comment on how you look and how you are, they're some of the best motivational reasons to continue on your journey. So I think they're a great place to start um join a community you know i'm biased we have an app called dry with an extra Y.
2: dry is an app they can get d-r-y with an extra Y.
6: yeah d-r-y-y it's free to download we have the most incredible beautiful community that's global in there i'm live in there most days it's a live app of beautiful people just inspiring e- each other to take a break
2: right and that's a community and there's challenges in there where you can do a month or three months or whatever right
6: yeah it's a really beautiful space and i think what's important about that is that when you decide to take a break very often it's a solo mission isn't it because we're all so beautifully different like my wife still drinks most of my best mates still drink most people i know still drink it was my personal choice to take a break so i think what happens to a lot of people they decide to take a break and then none of their friends are doing the same and then it's much harder so i think that's the same the for me i mean
2: i i go out with all my buddies and again i don't I want to just clarify. I don't know that I'm sober for life. I don't want to be, be be posturing like I am. I'm enjoying playing with this and really and do notice all the changes he's talking about. Feeling better, less depression, less anxiety. People come up to me they're like, you look great. What's different? The only thing that's different is I stop drinking and um, and feeling clarity, not having any hangovers. Like the not uh, the, having
3: whiskey dick anymore <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was about Good to say the, the advil on, the Advil in my cupboard has dust on it like I, I'm so proud of the fact that Advil is not a regular part of my life anymore
3: and not having whiskey dick well,
2: yeah. I, I'm not, that might be your issue, Donald, but uh, my penis is so strong that it, uh, oh my God. That
3: it, it, it was able to I didn't fight I don't want to through. talk about my penis yeah. in front
2: of Andy. Donald, he's a very important <laughs> person. Andy so he was, was going to talk
3: about that. When
2: I said that, he was like, that's true.
3: Once so I stopped, true. I saw it in his face. He was going to be like, so once true. I stopped drinking, my dick got hard.
2: <laughs> he's an Englishman. They don't, he's proper. They don't talk about something. We don't talk oh, about it. He was going to say, my pecker
3: got hard. <laughs>
2: exactly. All right, so (laughs) dry the app. And I want to say uh, there's an app I used called I am sober. um, That's just a really a counter. um, That's that's fun because you kind of there's this is a Dr. Fader thing. uh, uh, I'm a cognitive behaviorist. I work with um, Andy, who we had on the show, who's just very into the idea of a streak and and the I am sober app or other counter apps. Or you can really just mark off days on a paper calendar if you want to um, do it the easiest way is just sort of showing you like your streak and you don't want to fuck up your streak. You know, it's like anything, you know, just like a little kid who's getting stickers on a calendar for, for using the the toilet. You know, you want to, you want to keep your streak going. You want your sticker. You want your, you want your little, the little thing that happens on I am sober when you reach 30 days and it does a dance, you know, it's just very, um, you know, our, our brains love the affirmation and, uh, and, and that's been helpful to me.
6: Yeah, and and what I'd also say about that, I think I recommend streaking with a twist, not to be confused with Naked Twister. That's a whole different game. (laughs) Yeah, Streaking with a twist. And what I mean by that is if it doesn't quite work out, mark it as a blip and keep.
2: Yeah, don't stop, don't stop, don't
6: stop. Yeah, because that's snakes and ladders. Sometimes you go back to day one. We have shoots and ladders,
2: not snakes and ladders in our region. Ah, But we do have a large English audience that will know, what do you call it, snakes and ladders? Snakes and ladders, yes. That's a
3: kid's board game, isn't it?
2: Yes, is. but in our country, Donald, you might know it as shoots and ladders. Oh,
3: no, I remember shoots. Remember Candyland?
6: Yes, but that's off topic, Donald. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> stay on topic. Let's stay on topic. So what else can we do? Streak with a twist. Join an alcohol-free community. And then I think immerse yourself in the wins, the benefits. This has been my approach for 10 years. The message that I've been banging on about is celebrate the wins. There's nothing to give up and everything to gain. And I think if you keep that focus in mind, it's really important because there's periods throughout the year where people take a break from alcohol. And very often they do so begrudgingly. And it's like, right, I'm going to do a month off and I'm going to lock myself (laughs) away. and I'm not going to see anyone. It's going to be shite. And I'm going to remind myself as to why I should be drinking because this month's been absolutely terrible. I'm the opposite. Go and celebrate all the benefits of being alcohol-free. What does it feel like to be up a bit earlier? What does it feel like to see your skin glow, to be a little bit less grumpy, to be more consistent in your nutrition? Maybe you lose some weight. Maybe you perform a bit better. Keep your eyes on all those benefits. That's unbelievably motivational for people. I think incredibly important. So that's my approach. And then also... The world has changed with the alcohol-free alternatives. Yeah. I think they're incredible for the middle lane drinker. Yeah. You know, you feel grown up. They've got that placebo. Call of them taste. Mock-tails.
2: It's funny. My go-to is always just getting a ginger beer because I, I I genuinely like ginger beer. I like the taste of it. Most bars have it. Feels like you're kind of having a drink. I save it for those times when I'm going out with people and it's like, oh, that's my that's my go-to. And then and then in L.A. especially, there's just so many people sober that they have, now they have these whole drink menus that are like, some, a waiter to me was like, you sure you want a ginger beer? You don't want this concoction? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, give me that. And it came and yeah. it was amazing. And it felt like a drink. I mean, it was like, had honey in it and had all these ingredients in it. Because that, you know, I, again, we live in L.A. and, and or New York where, where, the, where there's a lot of that.
3: But they watch the sugar too, because that also has a lot to do with the concoctions that are made. Aren't like freaking fruit punch and orange juice and you know right right. ice? But I'm saying
2: if you're having one, you're giving yourself like I think you can be proud enough that you're not not a a boozing that you can enjoy a little bit of sugar in your drink. Hell, I treated myself to a pint of Ben and Jerry's yesterday because that was my reward. That's a whole different. Alcohol is the dumbest use of calories. Let's just be honest. It is, it, you know, it it's, is so it's stupid. Calories. It is yeah, it's weightless. weightless. It calories. is just, it's, it's just drinking poison and putting calories on your body. It mm-hmm. is the dumbest use of, of, of lots of calories.
6: And we have, it's, you know, pints in, in the UK. So a strong pint of beer is the equivalent to a hot dog and fries.
2: Yeah. Dick. Yeah. And Guinness too. I remember I, used, I was in a phase where I was drinking Guinness. Guinness has so many fucking calories. It's mega calories. It's like a milkshake. Tea. You might as well have a milkshake. <laughs>
3: I fucking do want a milkshake right now. I'm not going to lie about well, you that. You're allowed to have a
2: milkshake. That's the thing. Wouldn't you rather have a milkshake than a Guinness? Some people are like, fuck no. Um, <laughs> um, now, Andy, um, I, one thing uh, the Huberman uh, had on his uh, podcast, this whole thing, um, for those of you who don't know, he's like the top health kind of uh, podcaster these days. And he had a thing that finally put to rest any of this notion that there was any health benefits at all to alcohol. Because for a while people were like, oh no, on the web and in research it says that a glass of red wine is fine a day. Um is that that that's
6: been disproven, correct? Completely. So the World Health Organization has come out clearly and said there is no safe limit. There can't be. It's a carcinogen. But what you can imagine, and we've seen it with climate change, we've seen it with nutrition, we saw it with tobacco most definitely, it would be in the interest to promote certain studies designed to confuse people. You know, and you see it all the time, people are confused. When they're confused, they continue to do what they've always done, which in this instance is drink. So you'll see something like a red wine study or a whiskey a day or whatever it is, or one drink a day. But if you peel back the layers of those studies, the World Health Organization, it's very clear. So you'll see the sleight of hand and it will be less risky drinking because they can't say anymore that it is safe at these levels. Red wine is a brilliant example of that. And the way I look at it is this type of an analogy. There might be some benefits from the antioxidants in the grapes, but just drink grape juice. Like, why dance with the devil? It's a little bit like saying, there's a swimming pool. And if you swim to the end of that swimming pool, it's good for you, right? Aerobic exercise. Oh, but by the way, in that swimming pool are loads of ravenous sharks. (laughs) It's the same thing. You just wouldn't swim in it, would you? And, And that I think is similar with the red wine being good for you or alcohol at a certain level being good for you why would you ever get in that pool full of ravenous sharks just you know exercise without it
2: i know but even when well, I, you was know like, that sharks
3: can't live in a pool well, <laughs> he, was talking, he was talking about a, a non he was talking was about a salinated
2: a salinated pool donald there was oh, a yeah. pool for sharks it wasn't a car, oh. car you know,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> very true let's um, take a break we'll be right back after these fine words
5: witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
2: Well, do you have any questions while I'm I'm thinking of any other good ones for um for him?
4: Yeah, um, my questions were so after you made this big change and it's uh, changed your whole life and now you're not just bringing it to people but you're training other people on how to like dispense this information you do like life coach training, right? How did yeah, you so- get into that and then like what to me, I think like, I do a lot. I run a mentorship program at iHeart and it's been like one of the most fulfilling things of my life has completely changed how I craft my projects. I am find myself giving them lessons where I'm like, I need to document that for myself and do it for myself. And I was just wondering, like teaching people how to life coach, how has that impacted your life?
6: Yeah. And that's a lovely question because a big part of what I do now is, is coaching. And that all came from the experience of taking a break from alcohol. So I was a broker back in the day and over the last 10 years I've gravitated away from that because I think when someone goes on this alcohol-free adventure or spends time on the fun side of the island, like I like to describe it, there's a sense you want to give it back. You know, I had that real, I didn't know what it was, it was this tug to give this thing back, which led me into training as a coach, which led me on this beautiful journey of now I train coaches, executive coaches, business coaches, life coaches, but then add the specialism of alcohol-free performance coaching because what I've figured out is over all these years. And I've been so lucky. I've trained some amazing actors, actresses, some of the like the best in the business, athletes, and always the foundation of alcohol-free performance training. Because what I figured out is if they're middle-lane drinkers and they take a break, they're going to get amazing results anyway. So I look like a bit of a hero. They get incredible results, really, because they've just stopped drinking. Plus, you know, there's a bit of coaching around it, but that helps people get great results. So it's a big part of what I do now is actually help other people and train them to do exactly the same thing, to share this message. Far and wide is the mission.
2: Well, I want to thank you because you really did make a difference in my life. I am one of those people who heard you, and I'm hoping all the hundreds of thousands of people that will hear this. um, Within there, there's a group of people that are going to try this, and it will make a difference in their life. And I really did feel, I really do, as I'm playing with this and, and, and taking on this challenge, I really do feel better. Most importantly, in my mental health. That's
3: really important.
2: And you, yeah, that's one thing I just want to talk about. We talked about the physical things, but I noticeably feel less anxious and less depressed as someone who battles those things and i just want to acknowledge you for being uh, an advocate for this because uh, some people will hear this and go great not for me but there are that are going to hear it and go let me try it. let me let me see what they're talking about and i just want to thank you for 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 being so uh, vocal about it all
6: yeah and that's that's lovely to hear and what is is wonderful for me is is more people like yourself with your incredible profile sharing a new message because it is a fresh message about taking breaks from alcohol as more of a middle lane drinker, and I think that's such an important message to share because for years we've had that one story. It's been very black and white when it comes to alcohol. You've either got a problem or you haven't. Right.
2: I think you were the first person I ever heard speak on it so eloquently, and that's exactly what it was. And you just did it again because that's what it was. It was, and in, in my life, it was you either have a problem and need AA or another program, or you don't drink, and and uh, or whatever, and then and then or, or you're just. Uh, a middle lane person and there was no there was no message for the middle lane people ever and not uh, even when I, you go
3: to your doctor your doctor's even yeah. like how many drinks do you have a week two you're good don't worry about it yeah you know no, everyone's, what i mean? everyone's
2: like, lying when they say two too yeah so, <laughs> I exactly. Mean? nobody's telling the truth <laughs> you know. but no one ever addressed like to to me like hey i never had it i never digested it until i heard you in such a way that was like why don't you see what happens after a month? Then see what happens after two months. Do this experiment. What if you, 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 you t- you're, you're on antidepressants or you're battling anxiety or you're you're battling your weight? What about just doing the easiest thing you can do, which is an experiment? Remove alcohol for a month, three months. Just see how you feel. Just clock it.
6: Yeah, it's so powerful, and that that is the message. I genuinely believe it. We look at people. That are suffering from anxiety or depression of course it's not a panacea for all those things but it certainly cleared it up for me i was suffering from anxiety full-blown panic attacks at the time i removed alcohol that disappeared out of my life and, and you know someone that's experienced that it's debilitating and it went it vanished for me i see that all the time in our relationships there's research out of ireland that suggests 50 of all relationship problems are down to alcohol you know I yeah. think our, our relationship counselors the first thing they should do is Have you tried taking a break from alcohol someone that's suffering with their mental health have you tried taking a break from alcohol someone that wants to perform better in in their job have you taken a break from alcohol be a better parent be a better partner like let's just take a break from alcohol i genuinely could list everything
2: i heard a guy who said the reason he stopped drinking was i wanted to be the best parent i could be and i knew that if i was going to do that with occasional hangovers and fogginess and grumpiness that wasn't going to be me. And I didn't want to be that at all. I wanted to just show up 100%. And I thought that was a really cool thing he said.
6: So powerful. And it's, it is so true. Be an even better parent, even better at your job. I just think it's this foundational thing that barely anyone's talking about.
2: I know. And you are. And and I and I really, that's why I wanted to share your message. It's funny you say about. I've been watching this really stupid reality show that is, that I'm obsessed with. It's called Below Deck, right? Oh, now it's stupid. The other day <laughs> no, you was not- loved- <laughs> It's,
3: and below deck the I other just day. feel
2: bad. I feel, although I'm during the strike, I'm, all they, they would prefer I promote uh, a reality show than a scripted yeah. show. So I will just say, but here's, and it's just, it's just fun. It's, 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 it's a stupid reality show. It is. It's a, but, but here's one thing I saw just from someone who's experimenting with not drinking. I mean, you're watching this show, right? And granted, it's a heightened reality. They're meant to drink and party and, and get into hijinks. But every, I'm laugh, I'm sitting there laughing to myself, going, every single one of these problems that these people are having is related to alcohol. They go out, mm-hmm. they get hammered, they make bad choices, they hook up with someone they're not supposed to, they get in fights. The next day, they're hungover. They have to work. They're grumpy. They're crying. They're calling their mom. They're sad. They're homesick. The the captain's mad at them because they're not performing. And I'm I'm sitting there laughing, going, you realize this wouldn't even be a show if they pulled out the alcohol. Like there there is well, yeah, no show. There the is no show without just the booze. sitting there like, have a drink, bro. Have of course drink. they are. But I'm saying like all of the drama, and this is just in a heightened reality reality show, obviously, but all of the drama and all of their crying and all of their fights and all of their shame is solely removed when you pull al- alcohol out of the show. <laughs> yeah,
6: <laughs> just, that's, that's, that's just true. a
2: microcosm of, 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 of society, right? Bachelor in Paradise,
3: reflection. ain't Bachelor in Paradise without that bar. <laughs>
6: yeah <laughs> Real talk. And this is the thing, isn't it? That is a reflection of real life. Right? That's why I was I thinking. Believe it. People are suffering on a huge scale and they've got no idea that actually it's alcohol. They're looking in all the wrong places. They're ice bathing and they're trying to do all these other beautiful things <laughs> while still, you know, quaffing Vino Collapso like it's going out of fashion. I'm wondering why they feel a bit down, a bit deflated. They're a bit inconsistent. Put right. the right, right. Just remove it.
2: Like- Our final message, and-, and thank you so much for coming on, is just. If, you, if you're curious, uh, try this out. You can go to the dry app, D-R-Y-Y, or uh, very simply, the way I used to do this uh, when I would take a month or two off is just get a paper calendar and I would buy stickers. And every day I didn't drink, I'd put a sticker on the calendar. And that's a very simple way to do it. And, um, and just, you know, try it for a month and just see how you feel. You'll feel better. There's, there's no way you're not going to feel better. That's That, that feeling, there's not, it's not an option, I don't think, that you wouldn't feel better.
6: Yeah. And it's it's so true. And that's my message. It's just try it. Imagine yeah. if all of those results and benefits that we've all shared tonight are waiting for you. You won't know until you try. That's the You know who this is
3: really for? This message is really for? That person that's out there that's like, but dude, I barely drink. Yeah, That's who this message is for right yeah. now. You listening right now that thought that immediately when you heard this, dude, I barely drink. I think message the message for you. I
2: think the message is also for someone who, I guess what I wish someone had said directly to me, and you did in a lot of ways, Andy, but what Taylor made for me would be, um, you're trying all of these things. You're trying therapy. You're trying exercise. You're trying cold plunge. You're trying sauna. You're trying meditation. All of these things to feel better. You're forgetting the, the thing, the depressant that you're drinking several times a week. You're forgetting the poison several times a week you're injecting into your bloodstream why haven't you tried removing that
6: yeah there is that's it and i think (laughs) that's the big message do it for a while and if you feel great keep going andy we're over
3: here trying to pitch freaking uh advertising campaign slogans for you zach and i are here you know who this message is for This message is for this person. Zach's like, you tried this. You tried that. No, it's honest. I'm not pitching anything.
2: I don't have any fucking thing to gain other than hopefully helping other people in a way that Andy on the Rich Roll podcast helped me. That's my only uh, hope. So, dude, thank you so much, Andy, for coming on. And we appreciate you.
6: Thank you, team, for having me.
2: All right, thunderous applause, uh, Donald. Daniel? uh, Daniel is getting married right now. I'm sorry you missed this. Daniel's getting hammered right now as we speak. Right now, as we speak. <laughs> as we speak. All right, Andy. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Wasn't he a great guest? It's wonderful.
4: It was so inspiring. Very
2: inspirational. I know. That's why I wanted to share. I wanted to share him because uh because he speaks so eloquently on the topic, and uh, and uh, he's just a really wonderful person. Um, all right, that's our show, everybody. Um, Joelle, anything we need to tell them? We love them.
4: We 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 do love you guys, and we'll be back next week.
2: Oh, and um and we're going to get a sex therapist, right, Joelle? That was part of sex-tober.
4: We are I'm um, doing a pre-interview on a couple who are both sex therapists.
2: Oh. oh, I love that.
3: Is there a way, since we're doing sex-tober, is there a way that we can get the sex therapist on? This might be not what they want, but the sex therapist on with the, the, the couple that was cock
2: no. <laughs> That's first of all, it's not cockolding. It's cuckolding. Cuckolding? And they don't that couple doesn't want help. They they're fine. Their they're shit's good. worked out. They're good. So He's not wanna, happy.
3: I'm gonna put it out well, there. Well,
2: you don't know that. I think we we don't know that he might be turned on by it. Everybody has their thing, Donald. Just like you're turned on by fucking Darth Vader. He might be turned on by his wife. I am wife turned on
3: by up. Darth Vader.
2: Yeah. Would you watch Star Wars porn? No.
3: It'll ruin Star Wars for me.
2: <laughs> all right dial count us out five six seven eight
5: stories about show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who love to hate I said here's a story
2: You can learn more at betterhelp.com that's better H-E-L-P, dot com